Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 188 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal progress. Now, first things first, Angelo, uh, this episode is a little bit late. Usually we drop on Wednesdays, but we dropped on Friday this time because of the fact that I was caught up in some international intrigue. It's been a rocky road to get here, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the ice cream you had uh, before you were able to get back into the country. I sure did. So uh, some news from the Brianverse. Let's start with that. So I uh, left my last job. I'm starting a new job. Um, and in between the two, I have about a month off. So my wife and I decided to go to Vermont for a couple of days. And on the way back, some kind of incident happened at the border. I'm not quite sure what, but uh, at the Canadian border ahead of us, something went on for far too long. And uh, yeah, we got started there waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And so I missed uh, my window to record with you, Angela. Could the incident be related somehow to the Betty and Barney Hill incident that happened near there? No, that was that was the wrong the wrong part of the United States. That oh. was uh, that was more eastern. Okay, okay. New Hampshire. Bad. Think New Hampshire. Yeah, but I mean northeastern United States UFO happenings, Hudson River Valley, all that Correct. stuff. I know my UFO lore. <laughs> I'm really proud for you. I am also super sad, Angelo. Uh, my world has been rocked. I don't know if you know this, but Infowars has filed for bankruptcy. Alex Jones and company have filed for bankruptcy and I, 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 my world is shattered. Well, what I saw is that they've probably been on the verge of bankruptcy for a while now, but didn't want to file for it because of court stuff. Yeah. Uh, Alex Jones has claimed that he's totally maxed Who would have thought that his brand of, um, do we want to call it journalism, would not no. be profitable because it's terrible. And the only way he's made money is through selling let's say home remedies yeah and basically fake, they're home remedies yeah fake vitamins to people that will uh buy anything uh both literally and figuratively <laughs> that is quite correct so angela my surprise i warned you ahead of time that i was going to surprise you and yeah so i want you to uh click on this link to this tweet and i'm going to drop it in the show notes afterwards for everyone to watch but i just want you to go ahead and just hit play on it just go ahead and hit play it's only 20 seconds and uh, let let the let the listeners know oh, what you I, are seeing. I see what's his name is there Roger Stone. Yeah. Oh my God! I just saw something. Hold on. What I've just shown you is a shirtless Alex Jones appearing on the Roger Stone show on Infowars, um, saying that Roger Stone is the best dressed, and uh, Alex Jones, of course, is shirtless. Shirtless. He likes to show off his chest. He's uh, he does. Yeah, he's like uh, yeah, he's he's like a certain uh, leader of a certain country that likes to have his shirt off all the time. Are you talking pictures. about uh, Trudeau? No. Well, yeah, him, true, him too, right? But no, uh, somebody, uh, uh, do you want to say uh, his name? Is he, he who shall not be named? Vladimir Putin? We've oh, seen correct. Him bearless, correct. Uh, bearless, shirtless, bearless. <laughs> shirtless uh, riding a bear, no, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. It's, it's all the paintings in your home that you could ever want. I know. Uh, thanks for the surprise. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. Now his his uh, his chest will <laughs> will haunt my dreams tonight. Yeah, I really really hope that you close your eyes and you see him r- walking around your home. You know, kind of uh, fixing your things for you, shirtless, well, it, demanding to know where the deep state is. It, it just brought me back to the ad he used to run for his uh, pills, where his seventy it, his seventeen seventy six pills. Yeah, where him, he would show him before and after where these pills would just help you suck in your gut. <laughs> Yeah, a real, real sad state of affairs. Angelo, the big news, of course, uh, uh, around this episode, that I don't want to touch too much upon it is the fact that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Are you excited? Do you care? I don't care. No, well, because what's going to happen now, right? His plan is to basically... He doesn't have one. No, that's it. He's just been spewing out, I'm going to make create an edit button. I'm going to get rid of the bots. I'm going to get rid of spam. I'm going to... Like, okay, everybody has said this. So just because you take it private now means you can do this? I guess he's not beholden to shareholders, I guess. So uh, I've read some interesting rhetoric that suggests that he may just take it private, do some uh, of these fixes, uh, prop up the company, and then sell at a profit when they go public again. Is it going to be the new, what was it called, the the one for right-wing people? Parlor? Parlor, yeah. Is it going to be the new Parlor? I don't think so. I think the user base is much large, though a lot of left-wing people have left the platform to go to Mastodon, right, which is a, a federated sort of um, social media tool. So there's like different, um, essentially servers that exist that you can go join. They're also a metal band. That are Yeah, they're a great metal band, correct. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, Mastodon song? No, I. you have made me listen to some of it. It's fine. Not my cup of tea, but uh, lots of talent in there. 
I shall t- I shall give you two then. Uh, one is uh, the Immortal Blood and Thunder, and the second is a song called "I'll Cut You Up with a Linoleum Life." Uh, let me try that again, Angelo. I will. I'll cut you up with a linoleum. Say knife. that ten times fast. And that is for the Aquatine Hunger Force movie soundtrack. Now, speaking of talent, though, do you think a lot of the talented developers at Twitter are going to leave now? Oh, apparently a lot of people are very unhappy there. It seems like it's never been a great place to work at, but now if he brings his same attitudes he has towards the workforce that he uses in his Tesla plants, Twitter's not going to be a great place. I'm very curious to see uh, what happens and the inevitable backlash that will happen in the days and weeks that continue. I don't have anything new to bring to the table apart from the fact that like, I personally am very indifferent about this. Will this mean the return of Donald J. Trump to the Twitter sphere? To be seen. I think it may happen. Um, Elon Musk is claiming that he is pretty much the, uh, the bastion of free speech, right? But he's very temperamental with his blocks too. So who knows um, how that's going to go down. Free speech is great for him as long as it's not something he disagrees with or goes against him and sort of makes fun of him. <laughs> that is correct. Remember when he called someone a pedophile without proof? He's done stuff like that. He's also mentioned how, you know, COVID doesn't really exist sometimes when he's... when it, It's supposed to be over summer 2020. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a strange guy. You know, like, I like the Tesla cars. They're nice looking. But then I think of him. And I'm, I wonder if I should ever get one. I mean, I'm not in the market for a new car at this point. Teslas are cool. They're nice cars. Uh, That is, is, yeah, except for the self-driving fiasco. Well, that's the problem. He has all these promises he makes, especially with self-driving, but it's, uh, let's say, far from prime time. I recently watched the Super Pumped uh, docuseries, right, about uh, uh, Travis Kalanick and and Uber, right? And uh, he had poached an uh, an employee from Google um, to create basically like self-driving cars, and there was just a ton of, of problems there too. That's with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Correct. On the HBO? Uh, Hulu, I think. Hulu? Yes. Oh. Angelo, um, just one last thing about Elon Musk. So I want you to read this tweet. And uh, uh, North American double-density listeners may know this reference, but this is read in the voice of Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys. So I want you to just go ahead and give us a read of this. I don't even know who Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys is. There's a picture of him right there, Angelo. Okay. I have never watched Trailer Park Boys. It doesn't so I have just, no idea. Just, how, am I supposed to be like a pretend? Just to, read it straight. Just read it straight. Like a straight? Okay, perfect. So I guess what happened was this rich guy, Elong Mutt's girlfriend, broke up with him because his space sex wasn't working out and he hates nouns. So people were making fun of him on a bird website and he sold a bunch of dogs' coins to buy it. You're not going to read the I don't want to read the last pretty line. Pretty effed if you no, ask me. I, I, yeah. Uh, very amusing. I, I have tweet. to keep up my squeaky clean... A persona on this podcast. When will you like break bad with us? I don't know. <laughs> real, <sighs> real, real, real tepid Angelo energy. I apologize, Brian. I, you know, everything has me just up in arms. I'm so upset about Elon Musk ruining Twitter. Oh, yeah, what a huge surprise. Can you tell? As a weird sociological experiment, I'm kind of excited, like a step removed from all of this, um, to see how this goes down in the next six to eight months once this deal is finalized sometime in 2022 um um, towards as we look forward towards 2023 i'm very curious the thing is is um, i was listening to the most recent episode of atp and marco armor brought up a good point is like what's the difference really going to be apart from it being private twitter has always been run by annoying tech bros correct i'm just wondering the contingent of uh racist sexist homophobic pedophilic users um, claiming free speech, how will that look? That's the problem because now it's private and he's not beholden to anyone, right? That is correct. Except the, the people who lent him the $44 billion. Uh, 43 Well, he he financed part of it and it's really funny because there's like a, a part of his financing deal is like if his Tesla stock goes down a certain amount, then he has to pay more. It's it's very, very odd, Angelo. Um, let us move from mediocre news to potentially good news. You're very excited about this. We've talked a bit about this concept before. I think you've mentioned wanting this in your life. I'm going to let you have the floor. Well, I think we've mentioned that PlayStation Plus is going to be changing. There's three tiers where one remains the current way of how PS Plus works, where you get a couple of free games a month, 
and you play online. There's also going to be a couple of other tiers, one including PS4 and PS5 games, uh, apparently a, a good four or 500 games there where you can download them. Sort of how PS Now was. I've never actually tried that. It's streaming games and some downloadable games. I notice sometimes in the game store where there's a little PS Now logo next to it, meaning that you can actually subscribe to PS Now and download this game through that. And there's an, a more advanced tier, the third and final tier, where you can go back and play PS1, PS2, and PS3 games uh, and some PSP games. Do you have a favorite P- PS1 game? Ooh, I, you know what? Is it kind of You're going to say Final Fantasy VII, aren't you? No, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, no, that's not boring at all. Uh, were you a big fan of VR Missions 2? Yeah, that was fun. I played a few of those. That was a great game. You know, the PlayStation, unfortunately, playing those games now, it's a, it's a platform. That whole generation really shows its age. Correct. Whereas, you know, NES, Super NES, Genesis, even Turbo Graphics, those don't really show their age because they, you know, they, they were great pixel art games, right? So as soon as you, you move from pixel to polygon. That first generation of polygons is yeah. just so many triangles that you can yeah. see. Uh, it's, it only started getting better with PS2. And even PS2 and Xbox, GameCube, you know, they, they don't look as dated. Let me tell you about one of the worst gifts my sister was ever given, Angelo. It is called a, um, uh, the game is called. Tamagotchi. No, Busby 3D for the PlayStation. And uh, to talk about low poly, talk about low poly, it is, it is brutal. It is probably one of the worst games I ever had to uh, watch my sister try to play. It's, it's amazing how some of the games on PlayStation could look so terrible. And, and I guess Saturn as well. Did you ever play a Saturn? I, I didn't really no, play much. No, I Saturn, had a friend who had one, but I never had the chance to, to touch it. And and the problem with the Saturn was that Sega banked on 2D games being the future and not 3D. They were off by like 15 years, 10 years, 15 years. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, I don't know. Panzer Dragoon was kind of interesting. And that was yeah, and it it worked in 3D. Yeah. The 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 thing is is that the PlayStation, you know, a game like you mentioned, looked terrible. But then they had stuff like Gran Turismo, where uh, I'm I've been enjoying Gran Turismo Seven right now. I've been playing that a lot, despite all the microtransaction stuff. If you ignore that and I don't know if they changed it for, because I didn't buy it when it right came out, but they've made a few changes to it. I don't feel the microtransactions are in your face, so it's really it doesn't bother me at all. But there was a retrospective from Digital Foundry going back and looking at the PlayStation 1 and then a second episode looking at the PlayStation 2 and beyond of Gran Turismo. And that series was really ahead of its time with how it was able to use something like the PlayStation and make these cars look so real. Absolutely. Did, do you remember playing Grand Turismo? So I owned one and two. And how amazing was that game to you when you were playing so it on smooth. the PlayStation? So smooth. They, they were hitting 60 frames per second. Yeah, absolutely. It was so fun to watch and race. Uh, and that's pretty much where my uh, love of racing games ended. Really? Yeah. So you're not a racist. Yeah. You don't like racing games. <laughs> that is correct. I'm not a racist. Ist. That 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 joke is credited to a podcast I listen to by the host Chris Antista. It always makes me laugh, and I always think of that. I I'm a racist. I like racing games. What a huge surprise that that you mentioned that. Um, have you seen the list of games for PS Now? Is there a PS or sorry, like well, there's nothing, no. right? There's no list yet. This is the thing. Oh, sorry, uh, not PS Now. PS. But what is it like? The, PSN Now Plus or whatever. Uh, let's let's look at the the exact names of the tiers, right? So. They're so confusing though, because it's 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 PlayStation Plus Extra. Sorry, no, PlayStation Plus Essential, which is what you have now, right? So I'm automatically going to be rolled into that because I play. I paid for one year of PlayStation Plus because there was a deal, and it's, it's really like it's sixty dollars for the year. So it's really not too bad considering you get a few free games a month. And for example, this this month the free game is FIFA 22, which speaking of microtransactions, is, though, that yeah, that I always ignore that in the FIFA games, but that's. Typically, still a $70 game, right? So that's the first tier. Then there's PlayStation Plus Extra, which is what I am interested in. It's, it adds a catalog of 400 or so of, the of and I quote, the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third party. So that's going to be, in the US, uh, $99 yearly. So I guess here in Canada, it'll probably be 100 bucks, 120 bucks, probably, which yeah. isn't too bad considering you have a catalog of games. It's like, it, it's what they're trying to sort of 
be like Game Pass, but not really. Yeah. I feel it's a, a bit in between what we get on the Switch and what Microsoft does with Game Pass. Um, I hope that you find a new obsession akin to your continued love of Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden Ring is great. I actually just finished Bloodborne as well. Oh, really? So you just you're doing all the the games? I I'm so I'm so this is all the, the thing, from right? software games just together. Yeah. So uh, so I'm thinking though. Until June 13th or until the list of games comes out, I'm not buying another PlayStation yeah. game, right? Because I'm going to wait and see what's going to be there as part of the subscription. Do you have the so, Switch Plus sub? Like, do you have the access to the Nintendo 64 games? I do not. No. I did not pay no. for that. You, do you have no. that, Brian? No, it's it's a little too much for me. Yeah, I felt, I, I looked at it to see if maybe it would be worth it if I, instead of buying the Mario Kart DLC. And even with that, I know, Brian, I am not going to play the Genesis and Nintendo 64 games. I would care a little bit to play. I think my kid would want to play Zelda. So he's he's on a tear of playing hard games now. So my son went from not being able to get past like the first or second boss in Metroid Dread on, on regular mode when it first came out last year to playing on an easy, finishing it, and then trying normal, finishing it, then playing it on hard and finishing it. <laughs> I cannot go anywhere in that game on hard. So I don't understand how an eight-year-old has been able to do this. He just got... He, he as they say in From Software Circles, got good. Exactly. He uh, he may be the superior gamer sooner or later, Angelo. Probably sooner. I, I, am, I almost want to let him try... Elden Ring and see how he fares in that. <laughs> Is there a maturity setting? Like, could you give him like a PG-13 version of Elden Ring? So Elden Ring is interesting because there's no nudity or swearing. The language is all very high fantasy. The only thing that's kind of creepy is a bit of the body horror yeah. stuff with the, the monsters. And it's not that bad. It's not, it's, it's rated M, but as a parent, I don't feel... It's the same rated M as something like Grand Theft Auto V or Red Dead Redemption right, Two. Right. It's not as overtly violent or, or the, like for me, it mostly the the language and some of the topics. Whereas in Elden Ring, it's all fantasy stuff. There's no uh, adult themes or anything really. And I'm sure there's a parent listening to this saying, "How dare you let a child play Elden Ring?" He's not playing Elden Ring. I'm just saying that I don't think it would be that crazy. Bloodborne. Uh, really scary. Uh, are you a parent but, that wants to complain? Double density podcast at gmail.com or you can hit please. us up on Twitter at double underscore density. Please let us know um, if Angela's sense of what is right and wrong is actually right and wrong in your We mind. love hearing from people, especially people that oh boy, Angela. are, uh, yeah, oh. are not, uh, don't just copy and paste emails to everybody that may have mentioned the UFO once on a on a podcast. You're but, ruining the paranormal uh, I here. digress and that will go into our next segment. But, Overall, Brian, I just had one question. With all these digital services with video games and stuff, how do you feel about the whole physical versus digital? And now, a step further, like digital subscription where you may be playing a game and then they take it away. That, that happened to me actually when I was watching, what's that Stanley Kubrick documentary that has the whole... Room 231? Uh, yes. I was watching that on Netflix and I stopped halfway and said, I'll pick it up the next, uh, in a few days. And in that time, they took it off of Netflix. I, yeah. So, um, so how would that feel if, you know, let's say, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is on the, the PlayStation service. I want to play it. Let me start it, right? And it's it's a game that'll take you months, right? It's not unless you just blow through it. But it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing that right now, enjoying it quite a bit. But I'm not playing it every night. I'm, I'm sort of treating it like a TV show. Right, I'll do a few missions and treat it like as an episode of a TV show. But I, I bought the game because it was twenty bucks on a on a sale. Yeah. But let's say I was playing this on a subscription and then it goes so away. So I've been thinking a lot about that because on the weekend I watched a bunch of videos about the downfall, pretty much of Stadia, like Google Stadia system, right? About yeah. how it's not actually four K. It's just um, and there's a lot of connectivity issues and a lot of the controls and a lot of the games are really really bad. Um, but there are a lot of games that have since been sunsetted. Like their agreement time has like run out. It was like a two year license or whatever, and it launched in 2019. Well, they had hired uh, a fellow Montrealer, Jade Raymond, right, to uh, work there 
And then she left and formed their own studio, which was now recently bought by Sony. Yes. And uh, anyway, so I was thinking about the Stadia, and I was thinking about that because a lot of the games that um, uh, uh, were launch titles were disappearing or had disappeared. And if you take a look, um, there's like a Wikipedia article all about the the games that have been on Stadia and have disappeared and things like that. So that was kind of fascinating. Um, I am in a weird transition. I think I mentioned this earlier this year, but I have both uh, DC Infinite and Marvel Unlimited uh, digital subscriptions for the year. So I don't really buy a lot of physical product from DC or Marvel anymore. More, um, which is like used to be a big part of my life is as you can tell Angela behind me I have mm-hmm. numerous bookcases filled mostly with graphic novels I have some prose and some nonfiction too but um, it's like a weird feeling to think that I don't need um, to as a first instinct get a physical piece of media um, in my hands in order to enjoy it yeah I, I get the feeling as well I'm Less so with movies and stuff because I'm not somebody who rewatches movies a lot unless it's like uh, Infinity War and Endgame, which I've watched way too many Why? times. I don't know. I love those movies. But, and I know you think I'm a simp <laughs> because I, I, I enjoy Marvel I mean, you movies, said it not, but it's okay. So it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, you're, you're the cinephile. I'm uh, I'm just the guy who likes exploding robots. <laughs> no, it is true. Like um, in terms of movies and things like that, there are very few collections or, or series that I continue. Uh, one of the few, uh, oddly enough, and I bought the the newest Blu-ray um, while I was on vacation is the Fast and Furious series. I own them all on Blu-ray. <laughs> wow. Well, and and so that that's actually an interesting example is that there was a Fast and Furious video game that now actually been delisted because it was so bad, but. If somebody still wanted to get that game, they can't get it anymore. Let's say they had... I think you can still download it, maybe, if you had initially bought it. But Or something like PT, right? I have that on a hard drive that I can't even play on my PlayStation 5. eBay it. The one game... Well, that's the thing. It, it I can put it on my PS4, and I wonder. Those PS4s are still selling yeah, eBay. for extra Why cash. But... That was a cool game. It's it's so sad that that never was made. But at least they made Death Stranding, which is one actually one of the games I am looking forward to trying yes. on the new service. That's something that'll that'll seems that seems interesting. I can't wait for the text. Bring it back to Kojima. Cannot wait for the texts. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. Speak- why is why is Norman Reedus keep falling down a mountain? <laughs> I've made a couple of purchases recently, Angelo. So uh, on the gaming side of things, I recently bought uh, Doom Eternal. I bought that yesterday. It was on sale at the oh. on the on the uh, Nintendo eShop for thirty bucks, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time. That is a weird game on a Switch, though, right? It isn't. It isn't. Does it feel weird? I don't know. Well, I, I think it's weird if you don't have a wireless controller for it. Like, if you're just playing with the yeah. Joy-Cons, like, no, don't. <laughs> it seems odd. Uh, that, that's I hear very good things. Oh, about I'm super game. excited. And yeah, it was the it's it was the DLC together. It was like 120 bucks, and it was, it was 30 Wow. So I was like, you know what? Really worth it. Definitely jump on that. And then uh, I mentioned this to you. So I uh, was working for a music tech startup. The day after I left my job, um, I bought myself a guitar, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of ironic given the fact that I could have bought this at any other time. Well, you're going to spend this month getting really good. You're going to form the Wild Stallions and save exactly. the world. Yeah, no, I bought an, Epis- an Epiphone Les Paul, like the vintage model. Like it's well, the, look, like <laughs> it's the cheaper. I have one right yeah, behind exactly. me. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the, the replica of that, um, super lightweight. I don't mind it at all. I'm just going to play it around the house. I don't really see much. Um, I just pictured you walking around the house playing guitar. <laughs> My wife in hates a bathroom. it already. Oh, no. No, she's fine. What kind of amp do you have? Uh, so that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I don't have... Well, I do have an amp. I have a tiny... I bought myself one of these, like, $100 tiny practice amps. Hold on, I'll show you, Angela. Oh, my God. It's really small. It's an orange. I'm back. I've returned, Angela. I didn't realize you didn't have your headphones on, but I said, oh, my God, it's really small. It's an orange. It's an orange. It's a tiny orange. I love the way that an orange sounds. But more interestingly enough, though, I uh, am reamping through Logic. Oh, so I yeah, plug well, my mixer, and then I have a ton of tones, and I'm actually playing around with some VSTs too. It is incredible. It's so crazy to me what you can do. It's so it's it's it reminds me. Well, we've brought this up several times, but remember the pod, right? Like the whole that thing was the future of music, and they were right. Except now it's on your computer, and you could just create your own cabinets. With it's you. insane, yeah. And it's it's really impressive how little lag there is. Dude. It's it's instantaneous for me, and that's the the big thing. Back in the day when I was running uh, GarageBand on my Mac Mini in two thousand six, there was considerable lag, and I had to reboot my computer pretty regularly in order to get real time um, inputs going on. No, I I feel what you can do now on a desktop computer or or a laptop because I know you prefer laptops. I'm sorry, I have a bougie lifestyle. What do you want from me? Uh, but I, I love that I can plug in my 
23-year-old uh, keyboard into my my sound my sound uh, interface and it goes into my computer and it works perfectly. It's crazy. And I'm I have, I'm so And I have an entire orchestra at, at my fingertips and then the guitars you have every amp you could ever really want. Yeah. And the VCs are pretty cheap too. And like a, they even let you pick a style of microphone um uh, to simulate like a room with some of these yeah, and, plugins. And ba- basically the even just the ones that come with Logic Pro are pretty but good. There's ton, Obviously yeah. there's better ones, but yeah, the, so uh, and this, and of course, a guitar. You'd want. so like it, it, this ca- kind of leads back to physical versus digital media. That is correct. You don't need a wall full of amps anymore. I mean, do I love a wall full of amps? Will I get a wall full of amps in the face and love it when I go nice. to show? I have Absolutely. also an amp behind me, as you can see right there. I, yeah, it's a nice Marshall. So I, 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 and that is also another like twenty-five-year-old piece of equipment that still looks new, still sounds new. It's incredible. Doesn't. No need for firmware updates, which is nice. Uh, my my keyboard seems dated when you look in the back, though, right? Yeah, there's course. literally the, a, a serial port yeah, and a, a switch for Mac or PC. <laughs> but I use the old school MIDI ports, and it still works yeah. fine. So for until until it explodes, and I need to have a USB keyboard, which I have a backup, although it's not 88 weighted keys, which I much prefer having grown up playing the piano. Right, I. I if if you've if you've always used a regular keyboard, it'll make no difference to you. But as somebody that learned on a piano with weighted mm-hmm. keys, it's, it's I, I can yeah. play significantly better on a regular keyboard than I can on a yeah, totally. on a mushy totally. one. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's such a weird feeling. I've regressed a bit. I'm uh, relearning the basics. I before we recorded, I was relearning the solo to "Smells Like Teen Spirit," something I haven't played in like 15, 20 years almost. Wow, and. You've said you you never really played that much guitar, right? Like you kind of played a bit. I was in a really crappy hardcore band when I was nineteen. Okay, um, but apart from that, yeah, not much. It's mostly just for playing around the house. I missed playing. I think it's a good outlet for me to do things. Are you like Phoebe and ask people, well, which chords do you know? <laughs> no, I'm and not. And then Chrissy Hine replies, all of them. <laughs> no, I'm not one of those people, thankfully. Okay, okay, I, I know all the chords. Oh, do you really? Oh, <laughs> it's such a that's such a funny it's such a um, a beginner guitarist question, right? It's like which chords? Do so you we know? should change the name to the music file and the sort of the audio file and the cinephile, right? Like podcast that should be our name. I guess I'm not really an audiophile though, am I? Well, I mean, like you're you're a like a I guess like our music file, let's say. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, one last thing to note about this digital versus um, uh, physical thing. I uh, have found myself buying books and reading them digitally a lot more since I got my iPad in January. Yeah, it's nice to read on an iPad. Although, lately, all the books I've been reading have been physical, old-fashioned printed books. Uh, yeah. And, and in terms of physical and uh, digital media, I find myself on my Switch buying more physical cards like the, yeah. they're the cartridges right whereas on the playstation i hate discs <laughs> like the only reason i played forbidden west on a disc was because it came with yeah. it but the playstation is i think i've mentioned it before the, the ps4 was a, a jet engine but with a disc in it even worse playstation 5 i can't hear it but when you put a disc in it it's oh there, my yeah. god it's it's very loud but it's only loud for a few seconds, really, because it just tests it and makes sure there's a disc. But still, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind digital. I have plenty of storage space on my PS5 because I, I installed the extra gigabyte, um, what are those called? MMEVE or whatever, the, the, the really fast SSDs right. you can install. Like the, within the first few weeks I had a PS5, I, I was gutting it, opening it up. It's, it's the easiest yeah. <laughs> uh, mod to do anyway. So. And on the Switch side of things, you can get the micro SD, right? So uh, that's Yeah, and, but my Switch has so much. Has, has the, the Switch games are kind of small anyway. Oh, well, Doom so. Eternal is like 35 gigs. Yeah, Doom Eternal <laughs> is, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, so, so it's yeah, funny you mention that because it's weird. that It's like all these weird synchronicities, but I, over the weekend, pre-ordered the deluxe uh, Cowabunga edition uh, from Konami. Oh, so the, all the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Games. So this one comes with a box. It comes with a book. It comes with a bunch of pins. It comes with a, a standee, a cutout, all these different things that I thought were super cool. And I was like, you know what? I I splurged. I splurged. And there are some good people behind that project that are are passionate about that stuff. And 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 it's it's all about the preservation yeah. of these old games. Yeah. Because you know, at a certain point, there's going to be no working NESs anymore. Correct. Well. Uh, yeah, no. 
I mean, there's so many, really, right? Except that really rare one that that guy found on that uh, that show on uh, TLC, right? Remember that? No, I don't. Where he found like, so there's that. I forgot what it's called, right? They go look for 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 junk. And American they find, pickers. Like, expensive. American pickers, yeah. And he found the original NES. He got very excited because there was a, a 0001 NES, and it was basically the regular model that everybody had. <laughs> what a huge and unfortunate surprise for that man. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget showing my, my daughter my NES. I brought it home from my parents' house, and she was asking why there were ropes attached to the controllers. And she uh, is quite right, Angelo. Yes. So uh, let Wireless us let's put a lid on this uh, tech-filled, fun-filled, uh, purchase-filled um, segment of uh, episode 188 of the Double Podcast, and let's head on over to the Paranormal Simon Things, where you have already sort of spoiled what we're going to be up to, but I will uh, forgive you anyways. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. So apparently there's a female ghost in this apartment building who thinks I'm attractive. <laughs> Double density. Welcome back. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So the first thing this week, Angelo, is that we got some listener emails. Uh, rather, one listener email in from someone uh, named John D with a UK email address. And uh, it, it's clear that he's been spamming um, this sort of message. And you, you felt special because you thought that he was emailing us directly. Yeah, I was actually kind of excited reading it. And then I thought, wow, somebody sent us their UFO sighting. And then as I read it, and read further and then further realized that this person was uh, sort of like the type of people we make fun of, kind yeah. of. Um, so let's get right? into the Be- email. Mm. So firstly, he explains that he uh, saw a UFO uh, in Trafford Park, which is in the greater Manchester area of the UK in July 1999 near a, uh, a chemical plant. And so I did uh, some research because, hey, this email is here. Let's take a look. There have been no reports of that, unfortunately. I may have found the chemical planting question. And uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any problems there. It's a place called Lanz, uh, Lanzex, L-A-N-X-E-S-S. And uh, they have a chemical uh, plant there. And so he claims to have seen a, a UFO in the morning of sometime in July 1990. Yeah, the, the thing that got me, though, as I was reading that, he says he was never a believer and that made him a believer. Except for the but fact... But then he goes on to say, yeah, that... A few years earlier, he went out of his way to walk, go see a presentation yeah. about UFOs. Yeah, correct. Where you would not normally go into that as somebody who has no thoughts on UFOs at all. Yeah, so he uh, ties in Christianity to his UFO-ness. And Angelo, I, I did... It went off the rails real fast. <laughs> so Brian. I did a deep dive on this. So essentially, he links this to a website... Um, that is called, uh, that is part of a ministry called the These Last Days Ministries. And yes. Angela, did you check the website? I did. So I went, what was, first, there's a couple of, there's a couple of links you gave me, right? So um, I went to the first one, the Signorinet one. Yes. Is that the yeah, one you Yeah, so were this is okay. like an aggregate of like different uh, UFO news and uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, I'd probably say like mid to late 2000s energy going on here. I, I, I can confirm they don't use Squarespace. That is correct. Not a sponsor this week. Yeah, exactly. But they definitely don't use Squarespace. They don't build the beautiful, Brian. No. <laughs> so um, um, there's like a... Hello, uh, oh. welcome to my site in that bouncy... That's um, late 90s, not even early 2000s. Yeah, well, well, we'll get to that era in a second. So let's say mid to late, like this kind of looks like one of those, like a, like a blog site, right? Like Blogspot. Is there a is there a web ring at the uh, bottom? No. Um, I got to go check if there's a web ring. But then ring. if you do control F or command F, depending on which operating system you're on, uh, you'll see that uh, John's been on here. He talks a lot about the same things that he mentions in our email. So he's been at this for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He went to a talk by Colonel Holt. That's... Uh, so so here, though, it's the opposite, right? Like he says he saw it in 1999 and when went to a talk by Colonel Holt, where in our email he went to the talk in 1994. earlier. Yeah. Yes. John, keep, you know, like get your story straight. See, that's the problem. Correct. I mean, this change. is just the beginning of the Angelo because he talks about someone named the Visionary Veronica. Now, Angelo, I found out who she is and she's tied into the These Last Days Ministries lore. She, uh, her name is Veronica Lukin, so she passed in 1995 and um, 
So her last days have passed. <laughs> Correct. And so she had claimed to have seen visions of the Virgin Mary, right? So these are known as as Marian apparitions. So in uh, early uh, 1970 in Bayside, New York, she started having visions and claiming that the Virgin Mary was talking to her about a lot of different things. And did she appear to her on toast? <laughs> no, this was, uh, so she claimed to be like kind of like a, a spokesperson for um, uh, the Virgin Mary and then claimed also that she also, um, uh, Jesus would talk to her. Jesus. Yeah, and so if you take a look at the These Last Days Ministries website, this, I mean, this just goes on and on, Angelo, about um, Our Lady of the Roses. Uh, that's what they call the Virgin Mary. And then just, um, unfortunately, uh, uh, Gary Walshide, the founder and president of the These Last Days Ministries, passed in early April 2020. Yeah, just basically a few days ago. That is quite right. So this is a lot to take in. And then, um, uh, so are you on the website right now? I'm looking at the website. I'm being blinded by looking Perfect. at this website. So we're going from the mid-2000s to uh, the equivalent to a GeoCities website, and it is physically maintained. So a lot of things now, um, when you have a website or whatever, you can set your header and your footers to be universal, right? Yeah. I want you to do me so a favor, and I want all of our listeners to sort of, uh, and this will be in the show notes, if they want to head on over to the website and blind themselves, I do not even want to know what this looks like on a phone. But if you take a look at different headers, they have different copyright um, uh, years on them based on whenever they were last updated. So that is a, a physical manual change that they have to do. They have a webmaster, right? They do. Um, I want you now, Angela, to click on directives from heaven at the top. Hey, look, it's God. <laughs> and then head on over to Directive... I'll get Adobe Reader. Head on over for to free. Directive 45, Angelo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, There's a directive called UFOs. Directive 45. Oh, look at those aliens. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fun collage they stuff, stole. Is that the Guardian UFO that I see? That looks like it, eh? Seriously. Yeah, it so if you take a look at all of these... Um, um, we need to share this with Ian. He needs to see this. Yeah. If you take a look at all of these uh, different attributions, so essentially Veronica had spoken to the Virgin Mary and Jesus, and this is what they told her about UFOs. Are we moment of silence? Yeah. So essentially okay. uh, UFOs, according to these people, are uh, vehicles for Satan. Well, they are otherworldly, and they don't, they're not of God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other issue, um, and something that is very interesting in all of this, right, is that the, these last days ministries um, spends a lot of the time refuting the fact that the Vatican has not authenticated uh, these uh, uh, visitations. Oh, the Vatican again, Brian. It's always, always the Vatican. Always. Dan Brown and company. Now, I have ordered myself an HPPP. <laughs> have you ordered one? I have not yourself? ordered an HPPP. Um, uh, so one of the funny things about it, the HPPP, is that it is one of four things that these um, people claim that we should be buying, Angelo? And you know what? And and let's 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 reveal what the acronym stands for, Brian. It is Heaven's Personal Protection Package. Correct. And so, on a, good alliteration. On there. a series of these web pages on this poorly designed website, there are four things you must have to survive the end times. One is the Dewey Reams Holy Bible, which you can order from them instantly. Cool. Um, the complete Virgin Mary's Bayside prophecies in six paperbacks. So basically everything that Ver uh, Veronica Lucan was told from the 70s to her death in the mid 90s. Uh, and then three, of course, is the Heaven's Home Protection Packet, which they claim is the only way that you can protect yourself from terrorists. Also, really? Yes. So it's it's like a bulletproof vest. Correct. Uh, so there's the Heaven's Home Protection Packet and the Heaven's Personal Protection Packet, right? Which is what we and I are talking about. Yes, the HPPP. Correct. Now the HHPP is different. <laughs> the HHPP is uh, yeah. Oh, there's the LBRP, which is the Laminated Blessed. My Rose God, pedal. these these religions love these fringe religions. Do firstly the need HMPPP. The Heaven's Military Personal Protection Packet. This is insanity, Brian. So this, I almost want to say innocent email from uh, our uh, possible listener, John. He's not a listener. Let's be honest listen to the show. Led you down this rabbit hole. Was it enjoyable? It was great. But Angela, I'm not done yet. Oh, my God. So uh, James goes on to dictate the fact that when the Christian rapture takes place, which I believe will be sometime this decade, news media will report to these to those left behind that a mass alien abduction has occurred in order to mask this divine event. Interesting little twist on things. It, it, it really escalated, right? So hmm. 
I was truly excited when I was reading this email because I thought, wow, a listener has an actual UFO sighting to share with us. Could he be a guest on the show maybe one day? We can talk about it. No, this guy does not uh, belong on our show. I would love to talk to this person though. So if let's let's do a little uh, uh, poll. If like if we get like um, uh, one or two people to tweet at us that we should engage with James, we should do this. One or two people. Yeah, if if <laughs> one or two people, John, sorry, not James. If one or two people say, "Hey, you should talk to this John D guy," then I'm going to figure things out. Um, okay. So yeah, the the idea here is that he wouldn't be a full guest on a show. We'd have like oh, a snippet of an interview with him. Four hours. Oh, okay, four hours. We'd do a Joe Rogan esque yeah. episode. So he, uh, so uh, John goes on to explain that he also went to a conference in 2017 in Manchester, across from where the chemical yes. plant, uh, where he had his UFO sighting was, and then he talked a lot about uh, different. Things in my favorite line here is um, a random line that made me laugh really hard and I googled it to see what the date was and uh, I tried to find it based on the date but could not but he says I had a letter published in the local secular press on the subject uh, of UFOs and religion in 2018 on the feast of the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary so that was August 15th. 2018, Angela, and I was unable to find So he's published. He's a published author Correct. at this point. Correct. He also brings up this guy, Jonathan Kahn. So he wrote a bunch of books, uh, including Harbinger and Harbinger 2. Um, and his sort of like biggest claim to fame is uh, saying that Donald Trump's win had been prophesied in the Bible. Like he's one of those people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he looks into the numbers. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, John goes on to explain that uh, they started building the Pentagon on September 11th, 1941, which I found interesting. Did not know that. And that is true. Um, but then he said that Hudson found Manhattan on 9-11-1609, which is not true. He actually found the island of New York on that date. Although that, that is interesting correlation. And then he brings up the newest 9-11. What, which is? Uh, 2001. Oh, okay. I thought well, there was another no, one now. No, no. And then he goes on to explain that the Jewish people had their fortifications destroyed by their enemies. 19 years after the destruction came, the plague is a shaking from above. So he's claiming that the Jewish people are being attacked um, 19 years after uh, 2001 because of COVID. And 19 years. That's what I'm saying. COVID-19. Exactly. But that's what he's saying. So he's like basically um, uh, 2001 happens, right? September of 2001. And then 19 years later, 2020, COVID. So this letter is just like a greatest hits of everything that we do here. It is conspiracy upon conspiracy upon conspiracy, which is yeah. Great. I mean the the most it's our bread and butter. The most interesting thing th- for me here is the notion or the idea that uh, UFOs are actually Satan, satanic vehicles in the sky, Angelo. So it's not antennas they have; they have little horns. Yes, uh, just flying around through the sky. I'd, I'd love, and we've talked about that idea before, right? Like these may be physical manifestations of, of something religious. We've we've discussed that briefly. I just I found it interesting that uh, it's all connected. That John yeah. D decided to to come at us with this one. I mean, it's not out of the ordinary or out of the realm of possibility that the idea of deities comes from alien visitations thousands of years ago. So I want to <clears throat> throw an idea out there that is really tall. This are you ready, Angelo? Had mm-hmm. we recorded originally like we had planned the other nights, we wouldn't have been talking about this email. We wouldn't have had these revelations. We wouldn't have been um, having these conversations, right? So uh, silver lining synchronicity, I'm not quite sure what it is, but let's put some faith into that. And you're going to say no to that, I know. Maybe it is fun that now uh, we're gonna we're probably going to be pushing our alien cinema to another episode. We may or may not. Angelo, um, there is one last thing I want to talk about before... Uh, we wrap things up here, and it is a just-published, hot-off-the-presses within the last two hours, CBC News article oh. claiming that one quarter of Canadians believe online conspiracy theories. That's way too many. That is 25% of all conspiracy theories, Angelo. So no, wait, is it 25% of Canadians believe one 25% quarter, of... One quarter of Canadians believe online conspiracy theories. Okay, so not not they don't believe twenty five percent of the conspiracies. No, twenty five percent of Canadians yes. believe. So millions of people in the numbers believe in, yes, in, in some kind of conspiracy theory. So, is there a conspiracy theory you believe in? Probably. Um, I mean, like I don't believe in the Illuminati, but I believe in power structures. Okay, but that's 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 realistic. Yes. Right? Is there any of the unrealistic ones that you believe in? Probably no. not. At this point, if you had to walk me through, like here, let's look up the. The best conspiracy theories ever. Are you ready, Angelo? I'm going to see yeah, you in finalist. Yeah, we can do it. I got it. It got dark in your office. Yeah, it did. 
uh, 9-11 conspiracies don't care. Well, actually, no. I do believe that the U.S. government uh, knew a little bit more than they let on. Well, the, the real conspiracy there is that they used that event to go to war with a country that kind of been looking to yes. itching yeah, to go to war exactly. with. Uh, Moonlighting hoax, Paul McCartney's death, John F. Kennedy's assassination, the Roswell cover-up. Oh, ugh, the Prodigals of the Elders of Zion, gross. Well, that one's just gross. Satanic yeah. panic. Uh, is uh, the Melissa Avril? No. Uh, Chemtrails is there. on here, though. Oh, yeah, but we know the the, the contrails versus chemtrails, Brian. The question for the ages. Bar- Barack Obama birtherism, right? So uh, Donald Trump was hard on that train for a while. COVID and 5G and birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. That's my that's that's recently been one of my favorites because it's so out there. Uh, it's up there with Flat Earth. Of uh, So, okay. Do you know anything? Uh, should we do a whole episode on the birds? Are no, real? I mean, it's a fun thing to read about, but I really don't care enough to talk there's about no, it. There's not much substance no, there, is no. there? Because how are birds not real? Like, have you not seen a bird? <laughs> right? Like, good they're question. real. No, that is for sure. Good like, like, ask one of our cats. They will tell you birds are real. Um, do you believe at all in the uh, the hidden books of the Bible, right? So people, you know, things that, um, uh, like uh, the Anunnaki and things like that? Well, if you look at anything, you can find hidden meaning in it if you retroactively yeah, look of course. For it. And I feel like this is what John is doing in his letter, right? Because he's attaching these things together that are disparate, random um, uh, sorts of uh, conspiracy theories and tying it all together. That is what a conspiracy theorist will do. And uh, you, you had like my stages of going through that email of, oh, genuinely excited to, oh my gosh, what did I just Flat Earth. Do you believe in Flat Earth? Yes, you do. Flat Earth. I mean, what about look, cryptids? I'm, Do you believe in cryptids? I, am I falling off the earth? I'd be rolling down the hill. <laughs> cryptids. So crypt. I've said on record that cryptids is the one thing that it's maybe possible, yes. right? That there is a species of animal that we may have not found yet. Uh, Bigfoot, like that's kind of hard not to find, but new species are are discovered For every sure. day. And uh, I, I think we've only explored what like ten percent of the world's oceans or whatever, right? So. Yeah, just like we use only 4% of our brain. 2%. Right? <laughs> Two, okay. Like milk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on. So uh, 5G, obviously, Angela believes in. But yeah, this is a worrying trend that uh, uh, 25% of Canadians believe in at least one conspiracy theory out there. So, And this this all comes back down to like tech and social media because this was not as much of an issue before because it wasn't as easy to spread. No. I mean, in January and February, we dealt with the trucker convoy, right? And there's a whole lot of misinformation there as well as a, a whack of conspiracy theories relating to uh, the government, the queen, um, uh, science. Science, the, the F1 driver? I'm going to hang up on you. Slowly, <laughs> I'm just go ahead and do this. There's, you've hit your limit of like dad jokes here, Angelo. I'm sorry. There's one listener I know will get that joke. Great. I'm glad that we're doing very niche and specific shout outs then in that case. Yeah, we have like two listeners there and I, I, we try to aim to please them <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah, exactly. John and whoever that other person is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, but yeah, it's it's insane to me that 25% of Canadians, and I, I'd like to believe that, uh, I hate to say this, but probably a higher percentage of Americans. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible because the when you have your leader spewing out conspiracies for so long, then it's hard not to believe them if you want to put faith in your leader. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, say what you will about Trudeau. Uh, he's not like spewing out conspiracy theories. No, but people read into uh, every little word he says and see things, right? Well, that, but those are the conspiracy yeah. theorists, right? Build Back Better and uh, The Great Reset and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not helping anyone by using those sentences either. Let's be honest. Like, those are kind, no, of, he's not. Those are kind he's, of dog whistles to anyone who writes these uh, things. Like, you and I as lay people wouldn't use those terms when talking to the public. Yeah, I think I think his time has come to uh, step back from politics and retire and give somebody else a Yeah. Job. Um, so uh, just a, a very quick thing. So in the article, David Moran, who is a professor of the University of Sherbrooke, uh, she that to Quebec, said that there has been an increase of 250% in violent demonstrations in the West over the last five years. And then in Canada, our country saw a 25% increase in hate crimes in 2020. And then, uh, of course, we kind of led the world in truck convoys. Yeah, uh, big, stupid trucks honking for freedom that was on its way already. Yeah, that's that's the thing that gets me is that now 
I wonder how many of these truckers feel like they quote unquote won because mask mandates are dropping and and as as the virus enters the endemic stage, which is was inevitable, they feel like they kind of got it to that where no, it's how viruses work, right? Yeah. Like the Spanish flu killed so many people, but after three or four years, immunity had built up enough that, well, it became the flu. And we still get the flu now, but it doesn't, it still kills people, but not like it did at that time. And we're still going to get COVID years from now, and it's going to kill people and hurt people, but it won't be as bad as it was. You're basically describing science here. Yeah, science. Exactly. Um, Another thing that the article notes is that the far right has evolved. And I actually agree with that, because back in the day, if you described the far right authoritarian, you'd probably say that they were neo-Nazis, especially... um, uh, in the 90s, and I, I think back to a lot of uh, American militias and things like that, right? So I feel like... Yeah, Doc Martens. Yes, and Doc Martens, yes. Uh, American History X style. Um, but now it's it's gotten more sophisticated, right? So the messaging is more layered. It's not quite as clear. <laughs> now right? it's the Republican Party of the United States. And, well, yeah, and a lot of the, the truck convoy um, uh, organizers, right, had ties to right-wing and neo-Nazi um, causes, yeah, I, I mean, our our right-wing party here in Canada is, is not that far gone yet, but they're getting they're, there. No, they're, they're going they're there. They're there, and they're gaining steam, which is what I'm worried about. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. The, the mm. People's Party needs to just not be... Well, they're really bad. They're not going to, like, win anything. But the, the, what I'm anyways. saying is that they're gaining steam, Angelo. It's it's scary to think. Yeah. Um, someone who does good work on this front, though, is Mac Lamour over on Vice, and uh, if you want to go find out more about uh, the extreme right... Uh, neo-Nazis in Canada, that's a huge thing these days, unfortunately, um, and things like that. I'd say head on over to the Vice website, which is not a thing I say generally about Vice Media, but I will say that in this instance. I thought you liked Vice Media. Um, uh, mm. They have that really good do- uh, wrestling documentary. Oh, Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Angela, I feel like this is a natural, good place to end episode 188 of the Double Density Podcast. Where can people find us? They can find us on the internet, Brian. That's correct. And at, uh, the the Twitter, double underscore density at Twitter, right? Correct. Dot Elon dot Musk. Yeah, dot uh, dot Mastodon. Okay, perfect. And there's our email address, which uh, actually uh, our friend John did not use the email address. He went through our website, doubledensity.net website, where you can fill out a form and send us an email, which goes to our uh, double density podcast at gmail.com. Email that is right. Correct? Yeah. Wow, look at that. And you can find me at Angelo Fiorin on Twitter. So feel free to tweet at me. Tell me what PlayStation games you're playing. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Brian Hasey, Brian with an I. And you can uh, talk about all the things you don't want to talk to Angelo about over there. Um, yeah, Brian loves to talk about the Onati. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Angela. That really, really warms my heart that you recognize <laughs> me as a kind and compassionate person who's open to everyone. Uh, that is not true. A cab. And it is never wrong to punch a Nazi in the face. No, never. They're terrible people. This has been it for episode 188 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next week as we get way more deranged listener emails and try to decipher things much like the Da Vinci Code. Oh, I forgot to mention, Angela, the one weird thing, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was showing the emails to my wife and the random punctuation of things as well as the misspellings got to me after a while. So, for example, like he mentions the Christian Rapture, no capital C, but a capital R. Yeah, because it's the Rapture, Brian. So if anyone did hear from John D., I would love to hear from you too. If you are a fellow podcaster who's um, been hit by the John D. craze, let us know. Yeah. Let us know on Twitter. Maybe we'll tweet about this. Exactly. Angelo, this is it. I'll see you around. See ya.